going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Christian Hansen Show. I'm Christian Hansen, and this is my podcast. Welcome to it. Today's guest, episode number 35, Dan St. Germain, comedian, writer, jack of all trades. Dan has a half hour special on Comedy Central and has appeared on Conan multiple times, Jimmy Fallon, Best Week Ever, At Midnight, Not Safe with Nikki Glazer. This is not happening, crashing, we love the 2000s, and literally a billion other credits. Uh, too many to name. I don't want to bore you with that. I want to get right to that conversation that I had with him a little over a week ago. Um, it was a good conversation. I, uh, I thought it went well. Uh, I, I was introduced to Dan uh, by his half hour on Comedy Central. Uh, he's very animated um, in a unique way. And uh, yeah, it was a good chat. I reached out to him on Instagram and boom, we made it happen. It was uh, interesting. It was a little cut short. His wife came home during the interview and she had dinner. So I left the part in there. But uh, she's like, she comes home with the food and he's like, yeah, it's dinner. You know, I probably should go. And uh, I'm like, dude, do what you got to do. You got to eat. So it was like 45 minutes. It wasn't a full hour. Uh, but, uh, I had a, I had a good chat with the time that I had with him and, uh, it was, uh, it was different. Um, I learned a little bit more about him, his struggles, how he was growing up, uh, you know, the time period of his life uh, with cocaine, uh, and uh, addiction, overcoming that, coming out of it, uh, you know, morphing into a, a different person, maturing um and stuff like that so it was uh it was good i'm very happy with how it turned out and uh, i'm happy for dan he's uh he's a changed man a anytime someone could could uh could uh, no pun intended any anytime anybody can crack a drug addiction um all the power to him because i i've never done i've never had an issue with that but uh i'm addicted to other things like my phone and uh, social media because of the, uh, the podcast, I'm always on there, um, you know, trying to build a, a brand, build a following, build a show, build a market for the show, you know, try to figure out who's listening, why they're listening, what age range, all that stuff. I'm addicted to social media because of it. And so uh, it's a bad addiction. I know it's really bad and that I have a problem with it. But if it's uh, drugs is a little bit different, right? It's a little bit more intense. And if he was able to crack it and come out of that uh that's insane and so that was uh good to hear his uh taken how we got through all of that and uh yeah it was fun it was a good talk and uh this is me talking to dan saint germain hey what's up man hey what's going on dude well, i appreciate you doing this Thanks for having me, dude. Yeah, you bet. I came across you on the uh, Comedy Central Half Hour. That's how I uh, came across you. Oh, awesome. And uh, I'm like, God, this guy's so fucking animated. Like, this dude is, uh, it's too, like, it's like, that's like a, that's like a workout. Like, you, you're doing comedy <laughs> and, it's, I was, and it's That was actually, you know, during, during the uh, taping, they had to keep uh dab sweat on because you know they put your transcript which you don't you don't ever use but they have the transcript there it's almost like a safety net i guess yeah um but you know of course you don't i mean you know this material by this point like the back of your hand so right. but yeah they had to keep keep writing 
you know, like dab the sweat away, dab the sweat away. Yeah, man, that was a workout. No, and I, I liked it. I just came across it. You know, the COVID, I've uh, been watching a lot of comedy stuff because there's nothing, I mean. Did, did you watch it for Paramount Plus? I watched it on Comedy Central's, uh, I have on the Roku TV. Oh, okay, cool. But, uh, and I went through like all the seasons in one night. It was pretty, it was pretty bad. Uh, I got on a real <laughs> kick with it. And I mean, there's, I guess there's worse things you can do, you know? Like, yeah. Some people, I mean, I'm that way with certain stuff. Like you're that way with comedy, you know? Yeah. And you know, I'll watch like pro wrestling and yeah. or, like crime until like 6 a.m. Really? Is, like, uh, there's nothing else to do. Probably, probably way worse than comedy as far as like what it does to your head. Uh, yeah, I'd say a little bit, um, especially the true crime. Cause it's like all those situations are like, wow, like this could happen to anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, uh, you know, being, being a, um, a, a white guy, like it probably won't happen to us as much, but like, I guess mass shootings, though that's been the great equalizer because that, that can happen. I know. You know that it really does not matter. No, who the fuck you are? Can right. I curse on this? Yeah, of course you can. Okay. No, I know. I it, had to keep it crazy. clean on a podcast last week, so I, know, yeah. I never know. Really, you had to keep it clean on a podcast. What was the person thinking when they reached out to you? I mean, did that? What? what was that person? Well, I get it. You know, he wants to. You know what? I, I get it now because it's like there's such a glut of podcasts, and if. Uh, um, if you know, um, if 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 you want to stand out, I guess like you could be like, all right, hey, look, mine's clean, you know, check it out. Um, but no, it's it's my podcast isn't, you know. Yeah, no, it's great. No, I talked to Sean Donnelly the other day, and he asked the same thing. I'm like, no, man, you could just it's just unfiltered. Just speak, speak, speak like you do in real life. He's like, all right, good. But uh, yeah, everyone always asks that question. Where are you right now, by the way? Are you? Uh... Uh, I'm in Massachusetts right now. I'm going to be moving back to New York in uh, a month or so. Oh, wow. Uh, kind of got uprooted with COVID. And, sure. Um, you know, we it's ended crazy. up. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty nuts, man. Uh, so we ended up just kind of moving out temporarily. And we actually have all our, our stuff in storage. and. Mm-hmm. It's been a crazy year, man. It's been a crazy year. I, I forget how crazy this year's been. Yeah, I can't believe it. it feels like it's been longer than a year. I mean, especially like the first week of January felt like a year in itself with this crazy shit going on in this country. Yeah, man, it's it's it, 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 it's crazy. It really is. No, you know what? What's the past year been like for you uh, and uh, you guys over there, you and you and the wife, a lot of time together, blessing or nightmare? Sometimes too much time is bad, they say. Well, you know, we've been doing pretty well, um, which is good, it, it, you know, because <laughs> of, I mean, obviously, if you see the same person, you know, every day, it, it gets like, you know, like, who you know, even are you? You <laughs> what? <laughs> who well, even are you, you know, anymore? No, it's the question. You know exactly who they are. It's actually the opposite. Of that. It's like I know who the hell you are. Leaving me alone, you know. Like you, you real. But no, we've been we've been really good um, for the most. I mean, obviously, you know, every couple fights here and there. Sure. But, you know, for the most part, we've been. Are, are you with anybody? You've seen somebody? No, I was at the start of the pandemic, and you know what? Uh, the, I, I, you know what? Taylor Tomlinson said something about that. She goes, "If you're talking to someone during the pandemic, just stay with them." ride it out, have something to do. And I'm like, yeah, but it just, it, it felt wrong because like, if there's nothing there, I'm not just gonna, 
hang on to something. I, you know, I mean, look, that's a super funny premise, but I just, she's super funny. I just don't, you know, I don't agree. I agree with you. I think, I think you're like, if you're in a, I think that this pandemic has uh, been the great um, highlighter of uh, whether or not a relationship's going to make it or not, you know, like Absolutely. it's almost like, you know, you, you really have to be into the person to want to spend every day with them. Yeah. You know, like, um, so yeah, but I, I mean, I think everybody's looking forward to, you know, I got my first shot. I'm waiting on my second. I got my second yesterday, dude. And I, I had to call in work today, man. I've been at a fever in the morning. Like I had chills. I'm like, oh, wow. am I going to get through the interview? I'm like, I got to do it. Cause it, it was, you, you want to reschedule, man. No, man. No, 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 no. It was, uh, okay. no, I'm, uh, it's, it's weird that though. I'm talking to you. Because I'm about to do it in like two weeks. It's so. that, you know what it, it is? Not, it's, it knocks you out, huh? Uh, it's just exhausting. And, you know, I guess, I don't know what it is about it. I, I think it's because it's, uh, I, I don't know, like it's a, it's the same, I guess it's the same shot. You get the same exact one as you get the first one. It's just doubled up on it. But uh, yeah, it just makes you nauseous, you know? I was really tired. And uh, I text my boss aside. I'm like, yo, just letting you know. I'm hurting right now. That's not going to affect anything because we're working from home. But if the morning comes and, uh, you know, I cracked a fever and I'm going to have to. And I did. It was like 102 or 103. And then it yeah. got brought down, but uh, chomped on a couple of Tylenols and I've been able to break that. But yeah, it was just uh, it is crazy. But I'm glad it's over with. You know, I'm, I'm ahead. Of, I'm ahead of this death machine. So I do feel a little bit better about that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. Uh... I mean, it's just going to be cool to like, you know, like I was, I've always kind of been a homebody before this, you know, I would do Same. shows, but I, I would come home and, you know, I, I was, you know, I, I don't drink. So it's like, I didn't really have that incentive to sure. stick around and I'm married, you know? So it's just, it's like, yeah, I'll hang out with my friends a little bit, but I usually head out, but uh, I'm looking forward to like, you know, going to concerts and like oh, all this stuff dude, that I never tell me about like, it. gave, like I really gave a shit about like, I'm now genuinely excited to do again. Oh man, you're you're telling me. I uh I had a I I have a full-time job, but my part-time job was the job that I love the most. I worked at a concert venue, so I was working with people like Ted Nugent, uh Martin Barr from Jethro Tull, Jimmy Vaughn, all these guys. Uh, and everything just shut down. I mean, like last year in March, and obviously there's more to worry about in life than uh, wondering if you're going to see three or four concerts a week, but it's like when something becomes so regular, um, it like it becomes so, uh, you know, fixtured into your regular schedule and way of life. And then for it to stop, it's like, ugh, you know, it's crazy. Um, yeah, it's, uh, um, it, it, it's it's a complete bummer, man. It's mentally, <laughs> it's like uh, I think it mentally has affected me a lot too, because it's like yeah. there's a lot like you just like I, I just don't understand a lot of it, you know. I mean, it, we're a year into it I, now. I've just I've gained so much weight; it's like crazy. Yeah, <laughs> but so, I mean, there's 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 a there's an excuse for it. I mean, you just say COVID, sure. like you don't have to like. It's not like it's uh it's not like we're uh, living normally right now. We all know what's going on. So it's like, that's a good excuse. You just say COVID and you're like, all right, that's fine. <laughs> it is kind of crazy that there's going to be just a, a large swath of people. COVID kills, but not because of the COVID, because of the, of the mishandling. The mishandling. Yeah. COVID. <laughs> yeah. You know? Obesity has gone up. Yeah, uh, and that's the number one, you know, the at risk symptom for, uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's all, it's a nightmare. Nightmare. 
Absolutely. Inside yeah. You know, you mentioned something that I kind of want to touch on. Um, you, you said, obviously, you don't drink anymore. Um, you've had a pretty hectic journey. Like everyone, we go through rough patches. Um, yeah. And based on just the consumption of your act, um, cocaine and yeah, booze sure fucking was... Milked all that yeah, shit. Yeah, cocaine and booze are pretty overpowering part of your life for a while. What, I mean, what... What led up to that? When when did you start? Well, you know, I, I think that luckily, you know, I couldn't afford cocaine, so I couldn't do a ton of it. And um, every time I did it, it would knock me on my ass so much. Like, I was never functional with it. Yeah. So, like, I never got to the chance where it was, like, horrible with that. But I did, you know, I kicked benzos last year. I was on benzos for a while. And that I was on for years. Mm-hmm. And that I had to kick. Was it hard? And that was, like. That was, oh my God, that was brutal. That's like the worst thing. You know, I was prescribed it. I was prescribed yeah. Xanax. And, um, you know, man, it's just, uh, it really knocks you on your ass. Sure. Uh, you know, the, the symptoms, like I thought I had COVID because the symptoms that I was going through were so horrible that I was oh, like, wow. oh, I'm, I must be on my deathbed. But, you know, like that's why people do die from it. They do mm. die from withdrawal from benzos. So, wow. And it, it's such a, it's such a weird, thing because it's just like you know benzos they just kind of like slightly blunt you and um you know like you know, you don't really notice it as much mm-hmm. um and and then it does and eventually it becomes a problem it's not like you know you don't make the same terrible decisions on benzos that you do on alcohol but you you will then you know sometimes end up driving an old lake or something yeah, <laughs> you know what i mean it's like yeah. the weird drug yeah, I, I did not do that. But I'm no, I was going to say that's it's one of those weird drugs where like somebody can be totally normal, totally normal, totally normal. And then they just pass out, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. So you were prescribed it. W- what happened? Did you what happened that you got on it? Oh, uh, I just, you know, I've always like had depression and anxiety issues. I feel you know? yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's just been, you know, and I, you know, I think. uh you know, that's why I eat too much. And that's why, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing different. I mean, most, most Americans, I think, suffer from sure. all this shit. Like I used to be like most, com- most comedians, but it's like most Americans, I think, uh, you know, most of the people that I've met, you know, are, uh, have struggled with depression. Maybe I'm just like a depression magnet or something. No, I've been but, there several uh, times. Yeah. It's, it's so, I, you know, it's just, it's the same it's really, uh, it, there's nothing unique about it. I no. guess that's what I'm trying to say. No, I, I think the, the, the hard part, though, is as a society, we still can't normalize the fact that it's okay uh, if you seek help and you need help, though. That's the thing that, that makes the, the, the uh, situation much worse than it, than it is, is uh, we, we can't yeah. normalize the fact that seeking help is, is healthy. We, we look down upon it and consider it as uh, this dude's a fucking wing nut, you know? I think that doesn't help yeah. either. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think people have gotten better. I just think that there's like, <laughs> social media has really, uh, has really, I think, been, it created a depression effect, mm-hmm. uh, you know, across the universe. Because it used to be, you know, like, right, like back in the day, if you were like a peasant, you know, and like you didn't know. I mean, you knew of a king in the yeah. distance, but you didn't like see a kid like a king shit every single day. And there's a reason for that because if you did, you would end up killing the king. <laughs> the king didn't do that. Like, and that and that's kind of 
like social media has become this thing where we're constantly reminded of, you know, what we don't have, right. Um, you know, or, or, or just, you know, it's like we get resentful about stuff on Instagram and then we uh, spew hatred about it on Twitter. And then we uh, lose family members on Facebook. It's like a vicious cycle that goes on and on, but um, you know, it's what it is. I mean, it's like, you know, at this point it's, that's the future. It's like, you know, me getting, you know, annoyed, you know, it's like uh, getting annoyed at a light bulb, you know, <laughs> where we're, this is versus like when I use candles before this, it's like, uh, Oh, but the light bulb, it's such an eyesore. And it's like, well, I, too bad, buddy. You know, like that's, that's, that's the new thing is light bulbs. So <laughs> deal with it. Right. Now, what was, uh, what was life like growing up for you up in, uh, you grew up in New York, right? I grew up in New Jersey, New Jersey and New York. So uh, New Jersey until I was in like eighth grade. And then I was in New York and I went to school in Indiana and then New York. Holy shit. And Indiana. A couple of years and basically, yeah. University of Evansville. And, oh, okay. The, uh, the, the aces? I'm writing peasant analogy down <laughs> oh, boy. as possible stand up. Um, yeah. So. Uh, <sighs> sorry. There you go. Um. I always had to be on the lookout. Yeah, it was fine. It was pretty normal, man. You know, like, um, um, you know, my, my parents were, you know, for the most part, good parents, right? I mean, everybody's got some, I mean, got they some, were at the time, yeah. you know? <laughs> uh, and uh, so, so yeah, I mean. Any brothers and sisters? I, I have a sister. We're very close. Oh, okay, she's, good. She's a. She runs her own like learning company. And oh shit! It's, it's very successful, so that's cool. Damn. It's, it's just starting to really take off. So that's good. Um, translating company, yeah. So it's like an English language. Thing. Oh, nice. But uh, yeah. So we're close. My dad and I are close. My mom has been kind of sick, so we're not. Oh as man, close. sorry about oh, that. It's okay. Um, not like anything pressing. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, yes, something. Pre- it's it's a weird situation. But oh, um, oh no worries. Um, but uh, life's weird. Sometimes. Yeah, man. I mean, it was a pretty normal. It was a pretty normal upbringing, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I can't really, I can't complain. Yeah, there you go. Now, what was uh, what kind of things were you into growing up? Were you in? Uh, I, I get the vibe that you were in a you were in a local band. I was, I was not, I wanted to be, I wish I was, I played drums very badly, um, yeah. uh, in middle school and high school. Uh, you know, my friends, well, my friends were in bands. So I mm-hmm. was like the guy who took the drugs and watched the band and, and hit shit. Uh, and <laughs> shit, and shit. No, I was more of like, um, a, a theater kid. And then I would, I, I wrestled a little and, uh, and very poorly. Um, uh, so I, I, I briefly kind of did that, but for the most part, I, um, yeah, I did. I did theater and uh, sketch and kind of some comedy stuff, but not really, mm-hmm. you know, like sketch type of stuff, not, sure. not stand up at all. So when so, did uh, you know, I was in the movies and oh yeah, all that kind of stuff, you That's know, like cool. all that kind of shit that an unathletic kid is into. <laughs> <laughs> See, for me, is I've uh, I was I was always into sports, but I sucked. I was just horrible at it because I was I'm like six. I, I'm like yeah, I'm a big sports fan, but I'm not good at it. Oh no, I'm like five ten, one thirty, soaking wet. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm five ten and a lot more than that, uh, soaked in ranch. 
<laughs> oh, that's great, man. So when did uh when did comedy uh, come into the picture for you? I mean, obviously being in theater and stuff like that, that's naturally yeah. you've already uh, immersed yourself into that that scene. I, I, I you know, I, I was into that whole theater, like wanna be an actor and then I kinda wanna be a writer and mm-hmm. um you know, in college wanted to be more of a writer, but it's it's one of those things where it's hard to um get work if I mean, it just is, it's really hard to make it as an actor. It's really hard to make it as a writer. And I thought that if I could do stand up, then there was a way that I could kind of like be able to satisfy my creative urges and get seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I could almost master my own destiny. You sure. know, like I think that that's the real attractive thing for it is um, you, you get to be, you know, your own boss and like, you know, you know, tonight, even if I wanted to, I could, you know, even though I'm in Massachusetts, I could drive to New York City and do an open mic and work on five minutes. And and that's something you can't do as an actor or, or as a sure, writer. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that that the immediacy of it and and, you know, you know, as as, as you get like uh, older, I guess you realize just how uh, uncertain any of this shit is. Uh, Absolutely. So like the certainty of getting a laugh on something is like, I guess, you know, like, uh, it, it, it is kind of refreshing and, and today and to, you know, so it's like, all right, I, if I do this joke, I'll either get a laugh or I won't get a laugh. And it, it, then it means it didn't work. Like it makes sense in a weird, sure. I guess that that's what, what I, what I mean is that stand up was the only thing that kind of made sense. Mm-hmm. Even when I didn't love it, it's, it's always been the only thing that, that kind of makes sense. Interesting. So that was never, it was never like a, it was never a fully, a full fledged sought out thing. It was just something that made sense to you. And that's why you pursued it then. I would say so. Yeah. I actually think that that's hmm. the most, uh, I mean, I enjoy it. There's something about doing uh stand up and getting a reaction. That's great. And, and I really enjoy a lot of, uh, of watching a lot of stand up, you know, like Brian Regan special. Oh, he's Sam great. For that. And, there's some really great stuff, but it's not, I don't, I don't think I get, um, I don't get into it. Like some people get into it. Mm. Uh, although I really, although I really like it. And I think that, you know, I guess I have like a high bar, maybe not even a high bar. It's just, mm. you see a lot. So sure. only certain things make you fun. It seem funny anymore, I guess. <laughs> no, I got you there. So why, uh, why Evansville? Uh, for for school, you know, they they gave me a scholarship. It was a really good theater school. Um, I kind of was like wanted to be a playwright with my dad. He was he he had his work done a lot there. He's a playwright, so I think that that had something to do with it. I, I really don't know. Um, I probably would have gone somewhere else, like Emerson, mm. which I got into, but um, I uh, kind of just kept drunk the whole time, so I didn't really transfer. Uh, and it's good that it happened in Indiana because if it was in Boston uh, or or New York, maybe I'd be dead. You know, I'd be I'd have access to better drugs or something. So. Yeah, Evansville is uh is a little bit harder to find find the good good. I guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all the some of the worst weed I've ever smoked in my life is from Evansville, Indiana. Probably the worst weed I've ever smoked. <gasps> oh boy, in my life. that's uh that's interesting. That's funny. Was the when you started with with your comedy? What was the scene like for you? I mean, was there a pretty solid scene uh, where you kind of began? Where would you say you actually began comedy, though? Uh, well, 
I mean, you know, I did a lot of the comedic acting stuff in high school. And then I, I did stand up like three times in high school at mm-hmm. various places. Um, one time I did okay. The other two times I bombed. I did it once in college for like a acting thing. Mm. And then, uh, and then I started after, so I really started in earnest, you know, when I was 22 and I'm 36 now. Um, and you know, there's been times where I've taken, you know, months off. Yeah. Um, you know, the amount of shows that I did last year was certainly a lot less. Yeah, uh, sure. The shows I've done this year is certainly a lot less. So, yeah, I kind of bounced around, man. Yeah, I gotcha. Now, what did your folks think of it? Like, were they when you full when you fully fledged got into comedy? Were they uh, were they backing it? Um, they were, they, my, they were pretty supportive. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, it's, it's hard, you know, my dad made his li- living as a writer, you know, at times oh. I, I would say too supportive. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> wish, I wish that they had like told me to get like something underneath it. Um, like I could have a skill underneath this, <laughs> uh, that would be great for when times are lean, but, um, we'll see. Yeah. You know, the interesting thing is um, when like when you eventually started doing out of state shows, uh, was that lifestyle as a comic difficult for you being on the road or doing shows in areas that you've never been to before while also uh, trying to keep away from the drugs? Obviously, at the time when you started, sometimes I didn't. Yeah. Well, Uh, was it hard, though? Uh, Because deep down inside, I'm sure you knew to stay away, but that didn't help the addiction. you know, you're relapsing. You could be like another guy in another city. I, maybe I'm not this guy in this city. Right. You do a bunch of shit. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's always, you know, it's always, you know, hard for different reasons. I, I think when, sure. you know, the first time you get on the road, you're, you're um, kind of, you know, hoping to kill. You just want to kill. You want to be invited back and kill. And then the second time you're on the road, you're like hoping you know, to make a bonus so you get extra money. And now, you know, a lot of the times it's, it's like, oh fuck, I miss my wife or whatever. So it's 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 a it's not as rewarding. But it, you know, if you still enjoy like writing new bits and shit, mm-hmm. that that's that's how it can be rewarding. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's it's you know I think that's why uh, you know why why there is some problems with substance abuse on the road. It's like you know, fuck it, I'm just doing that. You know, it's my way to mingle with people or right. you know whatever. Yeah. That's crazy. Now, when would you say you had, uh, you know, your break, your break in, uh, in, in comedy? Would you say, did, did, was there a defining moment for you as defining like your, the moment? I mean, you know, look, dude, it's like, it, it's like, it's more, you know, I don't, I, there's not a, you know, a pass go, unfortunately. I, I wish that there was a union like, okay, you've done, you know, oh, you've done this late night show, you've written on this, now mm-hmm. you're in, you know? Like, right. It's, it's it's honestly little breaks that lead to little breaks, but I, I haven't experienced like a you wouldn't a, think so break or anything like that. I, I've been fortunate in that I've been able to keep working, sure, and I've been able to be staffed for the shows. But um, you know, I mean, there's just like little mount. You know, you want to get a manager, then you want to get on TV, then you want to go to TV for longer, then you want to get, a, and you know, and you keep getting these things, and, and it's and it's really nice when those pay, things pay well, and when they don't, it's still it's still really nice, sure. But yeah, I, I have not had a, a big break. I would say. Really? No. I mean, you know, the thing is, is like, um, you know, like the. Ha- I really appreciate you watching a half hour, but every year there's twenty people who have a half hour. 
Yeah. You know, like, so it's like, it, it's just, it, it's, it's hard to gain traction sometimes. Um, so, it, you know, it, there's, unfortunately, you know, there's never going to, you know, there, there's, 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 there's never a, a pass go, you know, you hope to keep working. That's, that's it. Sure. Yeah, no, but you it's gotta... not like I, I'm in a position where I can call my shots now or that I'm like swatting stuff away all the time. You know, that's just not the case. Yeah, no, I guess that makes sense. Uh, what were some of the, the cities um, that you were strong in? Uh, not even in the beginning, but just um, o- over time. What cities were you stronger in and what cities were, were quite tough for you as far as audience goes? Oh, as far as, far as the, uh, the drinking stuff, I don't know. I mean, that's that really has nothing to do with the city, you know? I'm just talking um, about certain, the rooms. Oh, the rooms as far yeah. as like, like the, the comedy yeah, yeah, rooms. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Madison is always great. I did, I did my second album there, comedy club mm-hmm. on state. I, I've always loved, um, uh, the punchline in San Francisco. They, they've had me uh, up there a lot. Uh, and I've had some really fun shows in New York and, and LA. I, I always like the Midwest the best just because they have the least entertainment options. You know, there's, it's cold all the time, so like they really appreciate being inside and warm, and they actually listen. Yeah. So I, I, I always like the Midwest the best. I, of course, I enjoy Denver. I mean, most of the clubs that you hear are great. Are all you'll hear comics say the same clubs over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's, be, it's a testament to how those clubs are run and the sure. audience that they've kind of accrued over the years. Absolutely. No, I get that. Now. Um... I, Marin has this one thing where he says, uh, as a con- as a comedian, you'll go touring and you'll play at venues, and then you'll get to some venues and you'll see these wall, the photos of all these comedians over the years, and then he he has this bit where he goes, "I wonder what happened to that guy," because there's a comedian is the the career is very, uh, it could be very short. Someone could be in it for a couple years and then disappear. Uh, were there anybody that you uh, started with in, in comedy that kind of fell off the train and you kind of uh, don't know what happened to them? Jeez, yeah, for sure. Why do I mean, you think that is, by the way? Um, well, I think things think different things are people are in different stuff at different times. Sure. So somebody's act that was hot, you know, in the early 2010s doesn't really relate to, you know, the, the aughts or, you know, whatever. Uh, so <laughs> I, 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 I don't know, man. I, I think it's, uh, you know, like, like everything else, it's, you know, evolve or die. Right. Yeah. So. And, and, and the problem is, is that comics, more so than any other profession have like taken so long to hone this specific voice Mm -hmm. and get it perfect and right. So it's harder to evolve because, you know, they've created this character and, uh, you know, if like, and sometimes it's not profitable to evolve. Like if Gilbert Gottfried showed up and just talked normal at a club, club, (laughs) what the fuck are you doing, dude? We hired the crazy voice. So yeah, it's it's always a tricky balance, and I wish I had the answers, man. No, I got you. 
You know, I know you appeared on the uh, the Lost WTF episode with with Mark. Um, yeah. What was yeah. that? That was I think that was a live WTF. What was that experience like uh, to be well, out, to Mark be on there? Great, and uh, you know he set me up for success, which is all you want out of sure. those uh, out of those live shows. You mm-hmm. you know you want to and, and 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 I was really nervous, but you know being panel like sitting down is so much easier than doing stand up on a late night show because just the act of standing up with a microphone is so unnatural compared to just like joking with somebody in a chair sure um and uh as far as the uh you know as far as that specific show i mean the coolest thing about it was i got to be on stage with mike Stefano, right. who was you know i think was had passed away like a year mm. later or even less than that so uh yeah i i think that that that, that i'll always be able to look at and he was really nice too, and, and hilarious. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Who were uh, who are some of the instrumental people um, for for you in in the beginning that uh, has made the journey uh, really what it is? Sorry, one second. Hey, Hank, my dogs are barking. <laughs> hey, Goldie, um, you look like a madman. You're just gonna go fucking kill the dogs <laughs> at the brew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who, who were the, who were the people that were really instrumental to, uh, to the journey so far for you uh, in comedy? Who were the guys that have been there from you uh, from the start? Well, you know, me and Mike Warren started. Um, you know, me and Sean Donnelly started. Yeah, we all started together. And I mean, honestly, anybody who's given me, you know, like, uh, has given me a shot on their show, whether it be. Jermaine Fowler, Nikki Glaser, mm-hmm. or Michelle Wolf. Oh yeah, uh, you know those are all people that have really helped me. As far as when I'm starting, like, was there a specific person that really helped me when I started? Yeah. Um, you know, my first manager definitely helped a lot, uh, and uh, you know, like the people probably who put me on bar shows and stuff where I could sure. constantly get better. I mean, those are really, you know, it's other comics running shows. Those are the people that help you out the most. Absolutely. Are are other comics? It's never industry. Mm-hmm. No, I, I get that. Now, the interesting thing is um, w- with you is the 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 writing aspects of things. Um, I want to talk about Superior Donuts with you. How did that idea come to fruition? I mean, did you ever think that that would uh, ferment into what it did? Uh, with CBS for the, I think it was what, a couple of seasons? I, I mean, have no idea. I mean, you know, I was brought on as a staff writer yeah. and I was like a script editor the second season. So I, I guess somebody I, that, somebody from Chicago saw the play. Mm-hmm. They brought it to CBS. CBS bought it. Tracy wasn't involved. And they got um, Bob Daly, he's a great dude, and Neil and Garrett, mm-hmm. who uh, are also great guys. They, they kind of took it and then tried to turn it into, um, you know, like a, a sitcom after, you know, it was a funny play, but it was, it was a lot more, it was a lot more serious mm-hmm. than the show, obviously. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, that, that's kind of how it, how it came to be. Mm-hmm. What is the, uh, outside of comedy, what, what was one of, what's the proudest, uh, or, uh, accomplishment, uh, outside of comedy and more so into film and, and uh, the acting, uh, field for you? Oh, well, I mean, all my, all the stuff that I was like proud of uh, is all in comedy for the most part, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, I really haven't done much. I mean, I wrote like a, a thriller I, I really like, but it hasn't sold. I mean, the, I think the most success I've had in anything outside of comedy was when I was like 17 or 18 and I won this like playwriting contest for a, for a drama mm-hmm. 
It was like the, it was a big deal, but it was like this young Sondheim thing. But I really haven't had any success at as, really outside comedy, you know. And anytime I've been hired for anything, it's been it's been comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, now I, I talked to Sean the other day um, about the the censorship in, in comedy back then mm-hmm. uh, when Richard Pryor came out. Half the shit, you know, all of the shit, basically that he was doing in his stand up then. If that came out now, he'd be canceled <laughs> over the years. Sure, yeah. How do you, what do you, uh, do you feel that censorship has already moved into, uh, you know, the field of comedy where generally it's, it's, uns- I mean, you could say whatever you want and be protected by the fact that comedy is the, the platform in which you're saying it on. So it's a comedy. It's all good. It's, it's, you know, it's fair. You could say whatever you want. Do you feel that censorship has worked its way into the field already? And if so, has that made well, it harder? You know, censorship has always been there to some degree. You know, Lenny mm-hmm. Bruce is getting arrested in the 60s. And there's always been words you can't say on TV. And there's just, you know, it, and, and there's. Um, so, I mean, like, it's not compl- like the, the one thing I, I will argue against. It's like, well, yeah, there always have been, you know, some lines that'll get you in trouble. I, I think the problem now is that. You know, people are like pulling up stuff from, you know, open mic sets or or stuff from podcasts and they're, and they're taking it out of context right. uh, or they're, um, you know, they're not letting, you know, people grow and evolve sure. uh, and putting them on blast. It, do I think that, you know, I think that everybody has, uh, I, I think I have, everybody has a right to, you know, put somebody on blast, but I, I don't think that that necessarily equates with um with that that should be that person is canceled every time you know like say it does feel like because the people doing the can you know it's corporations like doing the can and they're like the least moral arbiters of anything you know like they're not they're not like talking you know it's not ruth bader ginsburg telling you what's right or wrong it's amazon being afraid because they feel like you saying that one joke (laughs) is going to fuck up their bottom line that's all it's about you know it's it's so um, you know, it would be nice to not to see more people not go at each other's throats. It's certainly, you know, like I, I always ask, like, you know, does it need to be said? Does it need to be said by me? You know, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> um, but, but I don't know, man. It's just like one of these things where it's like people are seeing stuff, right? And now you have this ability to respond in real time and. And you just never had that ability before. And and now you do. And and with that is going to come some gnarly consequences, you know? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Now, have you been able to do any Zoom shows or any comedy during the pandemic at all? You know, I did Acme Comedy Club in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. uh, which was really fun. And um, I really... Uh, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. And I, I did a couple shows in October when the numbers had gone down COVID wise. Sure. Yeah. I should be doing some more stuff in May. I, That's I'm exciting. going, I have like one gig at the end of, uh, at the end of May that I'm going to be doing. So, oh, wow. yeah, but I, you know, obviously, you know, things have slowed down and, and, you know, a lot of people too, that are, um, you know, we're doing theaters and comedy are doing clubs now. So a lot of the guys who are headlining clubs like me, um, it's just, it's a little bit more difficult now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people are getting bumped down to feature, you know, right. you know, others, others just aren't touring. So, uh, yeah, it, it, I, I'm hoping that, it, I'm hoping that comedy kind of resets itself once yeah. this gets, I think everybody is. I mean, I sound like a, 
a sharecropper here, but I, I do <laughs> hope. But, no, I get you. I think yeah. comedy, though, that's it's the only thing that's that's the only live source of entertainment that's going to be able to test the waters um, because you can't just start having uh, concerts with uh, 25,000 people in, in, in seats. I mean, comedy is the, the easiest way to start it. It's the safest way to see if it's going to work, and it appears to be working, you know? Yeah, it seems like it's been all right, man. Yeah. Uh, my my wife just brought dinner here. Is there uh how long does this usually go till? Uh it's like 45 minutes. Oh, 45. Okay, another 10. Yeah. Sorry. To... But uh no. So, yeah, that's good. Have you did you do any Zoom shows at all or were they just all in I person? Have. Yeah, it's, Those it's are kind weird. of a nightmare. Yeah. Um, for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Hey. They're hey, awkward. God. Um uh, yeah, I, you know, I've done a couple. It's just weird. You, you don't really know how you're doing, you know? The sure. whole point of comedy is to hear the laughs, and it's just like a bunch of people, and I mean, you know, you see the claps, and mm-hmm. I don't know, man. If that's Strange. what stand-up is turning into, uh, you know, uh, I'm all right, man. I'll work at Dick's Sporting Goods <laughs> or something. I don't know. I'm not going to do that shit. No, I got gotcha. you. No, so I'll wrap things up that here. Uh, uh, I always like to ask um, this question uh, towards the end of all of my yeah. conversations is, what has there been a moment or moments in your life that have really molded you into the person you are today? Oof. Well, um, you know, like most of the, uh, you know, like I, I said before, like when I, when I stopped drinking, it's, every time I've stopped drinking, it's because of some, you know, buffoonish act, you know, by myself. So there's always been that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, marrying my wife was very important, but as far as like, you know, earlier on, I I guess, I guess the the smartest decision I made in my career was, was going out and doing open mics and stopping in controlled environments. Like when I was, uh, you know, a lot of times when you graduate from theater, you can get in the trap of like only doing then theater with the people you went to college with. Mm -hmm. And because of that, you never really get your career started or, um, you, you know, like in comedy, an example of that would be like, hey, you know, which is the temptation when you start like, oh, if I bring 10 people, then maybe I'll I'll get put on these bringer shows and then they'll put me on more stuff later on. Mm-hmm. And and, uh, you know, all of it is just you're, you're not you're not cutting this the safety cord. Sure. You're 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 still you're you're living in a simulated environment. So I think deciding to go out and do open mics and, you know, go to rooms uh that i was you know and, and get my ass kicked that, that was that was pretty smart you yeah. know that as far as you know where i ended up now so gotcha no that's a big question you answered it well <laughs> <laughs> but uh i appreciate you doing this man no thank you i, I really appreciate uh I'm, I'm sorry i couldn't stay on for longer i'm just nah uh, you're good man it's right, good go, you, go eat go eat all right, thank you for having me <laughs> all right take all care right. of yourself have a good one man all right. take care bye, bye. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that conversation between me and Dan St. Germain. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify and iHeartRadio. Please don't forget to leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts to help the show out. Do that for every single podcast you listen to. It helps all of us. Please, and thank you. We'll see you next time here on The Christian Hansen Show. Till then, stay safe and be well.